0: Welcome, everybody, to this another episode of the Week Hustle podcast. Today, I'm going to share with you a recording we did for some Week Hustle virtual meetup a little while back during the midst of COVID pandemic where everyone was at home, life's uncertain, and we got together and did a virtual meetup to discuss all things horses since I think we're all going through some major withdrawals and with that we touched on procrastination either with riding and working from home we discussed rodeo futurity me with an off-the-track quarter horse um, a few drills you know barrel racers love their drills so we touched on that a bit and also just a bit of tack talk and whatever else our hearts desired we discussed today so I hope you enjoy this episode and let's get to it I'm Shelby Schläger. this is We Can Hustle, and we are Barrel Racers. Join us on our journey to personal growth for us and our horses. Together, we can hustle.
1: Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. So me and Ayla met, well, we didn't really meet in Michigan, so I started doing some IPRA rodeos this year, and I randomly got invited someone. Um, do you know Kyla Pierce? She was um, at right. the barn is she? Yeah. I, yeah. I ride with her. Okay, cool. Yeah. So she came to Ancaster at one of the open rides and she's like, Oh, we're going to Michigan for this rodeo. You should come. And she was inviting me to go with her. And I'm like, okay, that actually be so fun. Cause my horse was fit and I felt ready. Like it was pretty early in the year, but I'm like, you know what? Like, let's do this. So I told my mom about it. And then my mom's all over it. She goes, well, I want to come. And my mom is the one with the nice living quarters trailer. I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'm like, Hey Kayla, do you want to come with us instead? Like, <laughs> So we ended up going, and it was super fun. And then Ayla added me as a friend on Facebook after, and then we ended up actually meeting at another IPRA In Murphy. I think it was in Murphy'sboro. Yeah, Murfreesboro, Tennessee.
1: I had heard your name because everybody was like, who is this Shelby girl that took – because MSU is like a totally like – All of the Michigan people are there. Yeah. So, like, it's always, like, certain people place there. And then, like, you just show up and blew everybody out of the water. And everybody's like, who is she? So, I stalked your Facebook. I'm not going to lie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good Mm -hmm. (laughs) feeling. So, yeah. And then I added you. And then we actually Um. met in Murfreesboro. And we were just talking. I think one of our horses was being an idiot. Probably mine. (laughs) And that's how we, I think... I ran into you or something. And then we just started talking. Yeah. And then I didn't realize it was you until they had said your name Uh and you went to run. I was like, oh my God, like that's that girl.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. That was like the highlight I think of my life in Michigan. Like I had like, honestly, I was not even going to go. Like I wouldn't have gone if Kyla didn't invite me. And then I was watching their runs. I'm like, yeah, like there's some pretty good ones here. And then when I heard my time, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like what just happened? So it's cool.
1: I have never had luck in that arena.
0: Yeah, it was kind of, it was, well, I think, so I got second, the girl that won, was, like, we both were lefties. And I don't know if that does anything or meant anything, but the shoot was kind of cockeyed, it seemed.
1: Yeah. Like My horse used to be a lefty, and I actually just switched him to the right. But just, I've never had good luck in that arena for whatever reason. I've always gone because it was close to my hometown. Yeah, I
0: know, right? You can't go wrong that way. Like, if it's close, like, four hours, it's funny for barrel racers, four hours is, like, "Eh, that's not that far. (laughs) We go,
1: like... 10 to 12 to 14 a lot because we do the WPRAPRCA thing a lot. Jeez, yeah, So we go okay. like yeah. a lot further. Yeah. Where exactly are you from? Um, so I'm from Alpena, Michigan, okay. which is like northeastern lower peninsula mm-hmm. on Lake Huron. And then my boyfriend lives in Evansville, Indiana. And I moved down here last year. Okay. Cool. So now I live in what is called the armpit of America. <laughs> it's the little yeah, sure. tip of Indiana. Oh man. So it's it's nice because I'm I'm so much closer. Like we can drive to Oklahoma in a day.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And it looks like it's warm there.
1: Like are you at right now? no, I'm in the barn. Oh okay. like, What's so- I'm sweating in jeans and a tank top. It's 80 right now. Oh my
0: gosh. Oh my gosh. That's like yeah. summer.
1: I got like sunburn today riding <laughs> for sure. But it's always the
0: first one of the year. I know, right? Yeah.
1: We got like no snow at all this year. We got like two little dustings. It was so weird. That is weird. Especially if you're used to a lot more. You're yeah. Like, I'm used to like two feet plus yeah.
0: ice and stuff. Like, like Canada. <laughs> like pretty much yeah. where all of us are living, like Southern Ontario area. Is that you guys
1: are all from Canada?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So do you have anyone have plans for their season right now? or if no. all plans gone out the window
1: <laughs> we're not sure <laughs> wait
0: yeah pretty much wait.
1: wait I have I have two colts so that's yeah. gonna keep me busy like uh-huh. that's the only thing that's got me like okay maybe this is good like I feel this like,
2: that's,
1: that's the only thing like if I only had my rodeo horse like I'd be like what do you do? Like, what am I doing
2: yeah. <laughs> um, I'm glad my 13 year old horse is basically a seven year old. So, yeah. a lot got, to work on.
0: Yeah. We all, yeah, it's always like that. Like, my six year old, she's like six going on three, and I think it's going to be like that forever. She's just yeah. such a dumb baby. Like, the one I've been, well, I started rodeoing on. Like, she does good, but she's just so, so immature. My
1: horse, my horse is the same way. He's eight this year, and he, Last night, I'll just put it into perspective. He forgot how to do lead changes, I guess. Because so I was like, are you serious? Uh,
2: okay. Gotta love it. We can progress. <laughs> yep. I completely restarted my horse at nine uh-huh. I got her from a friend of mine. So she hadn't really done anything until, like she basically had to be rebroke at uh-huh. nine years old. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's, that's just almost just... harder. Like, if It's hard, yeah. Because uh, they're already hard. set in their ways. So now you have to kind of backtrack a whole bunch. And then
1: progress 100% agree that that's harder
2: yeah she had a lot of trust issues too because my friend who had her her husband was not a horse person they had cows and she would chase the cows and it would make him mad so he'd like throw stuff at her (laughs) so she was like took a while to get through to her yeah she just had no clue yeah. I was same with my gelding like I got him as eight
1: an eight-year-old and he had nothing done with him like he had no concept of moving his body it was literally like straight lines and like it was just weird and it had to do so much with him and he came from a really good home like he had a beautiful barn and I struggled with trust issues with him for the longest time like we're still working through stuff with yeah. him yeah. and it's been same. two years so, like, and what have you done? Stubborn. What of, like, what type of things? Like, if like have- going back to basics for everything and, like, groundwork. Like, starting, like, the first, like, four months I had him, I didn't even get on him. Oh, wow. Like, just doing basic groundwork stuff with him. Mm-hmm. I just did that. I bought a colt. Well, he's a, he was an untouched four-year-old, basically. I bought him in July, and I just got on him. Like, finally, I struggled with a little bit of, like, mm-hmm um sporadic lameness with him a little bit like I didn't there was never I didn't he wasn't lame long enough to ever take him to the vet okay like one day he was three-legged and the next day he was fine like Hmm. so I don't know if he was just kind of like a big baby about like the littlest thing but he hasn't been lame since like this winter at all And, um, now that I have him kind of going and in shape and stuff, he's actually like catching on to everything so quick, but it was, it's so hard because, and he was thin when I got him and like, there was so much that I had to do coming up to the point of getting him where he is now. It's like, you know, I wanted to get him going. So I had a backup horse, but I don't even need one now.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah. Backup for what? Yeah. yeah. I hear that. Like I first, um, so last year I experimented with getting it off the track. So I'm like, I've never done this before. Let's give it a shot. And it was the same thing. Like you have to start from square zero practically. And it was, like if you're on a bit of a timeline, like for me, I would say I was going to futurity him. So just that whole all winter, just getting the basics and it's like, okay, but I'm sorry, but we have to like, start like pounding on barrels. Like we got to get it going.
1: Right. I have no idea how it works. I've always just rodeoed and jack nodded. <laughs> like I have no clue. Like, it's the actually, one I struggled with that a lot too. I, when I got my horse, I knew I wanted to futurity, but I didn't know how
0: it worked. And I kind of just got thrown into it.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's like my four year old. He's, there's no way I can maturity him. Like that's done, gone. Mm-hmm. And same with my eight year old, obviously. But the Colt is at that age where okay. I could, if I learn enough about it, I can maybe swing it. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, it pretty much is like you just swing it, <laughs>
1: like what I do. I mean, mm-hmm. i had a bunch of them.
0: So really I don't like how you said it about futurity. It's kind of funny hearing that because that's literally me about rodeo. I have no clue what goes on and like in Murfreesboro like it was just it was one of those things so like in Michigan I don't want to say it was the whole beginner's luck thing but Michigan was like I was like shit this isn't bad like everyone's like oh like you have so much you know seasoning you have to do and I'm like okay that wasn't bad at all and then I go to Murfreesboro and I'm like oh shit like I totally hear
1: what they're saying. It's so different and like so my boyfriend's a steer wrestler and um, I didn't really plan on WPRA rodeoing and stuff moving down here, but it just kind of happened
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's like from IBRA and MBHA to IPRA and like Midstates rodeo, which is like a lot of the, like MSU was sanctioned with Mid States, and then like Lone Star was sanctioned with, um, the one in Murfreesboro and... There's just there's so many different associations and there's so many different contractors and there's like this one has this rule or this one runs this rodeo that way or this one runs this event first, that event, and then they do an intermission or they don't do an intermission. Uh, it's so it's just like you never know. Like I remember talking to you in Murfreesboro, we were on our horses for like hours. three hours <laughs> because of the way they decided to run the slack and nobody tells anybody that.
0: Yeah. I asked people, I'm like, Hey, do you know how they're doing barrels? Like, so what they ended up doing at this rodeo is for Slack, right? It's everyone after the performance. So it's just all like the add-ons because they obviously can't run everyone during the performance. So we were both in the slack and what they did is they broke it up into two groups. So instead of running all of one event, all of the barrels, all of whatever, which is what they they normally do. Yeah. So what they did is they broke it up into two groups. So they did half the barrels, half all the roping, half everything. And then they redid the whole thing again. So barrels is like the second last event. So we're like after this, we're the second group. So it was literally hours and it was so cold and I was like I swear if, I warmed my horse up for three hours
1: yeah like so I felt, I felt like, so bad
0: so did I and I was so freaking cold and they're like okay Shelby's up and I'm like I am not like mentally ready for this right now and it was like one yeah. thirty in the morning <laughs> and I'm like yeah. hey this is rodeo like this is what they're talking about like I feel like I'm so like like all prissy with the ink or the um open stuff where it's like proper, you know what's going on. I'm like, I feel so like
1: it's nothing like that. You have no idea. Like half the time, yeah, like any of it, it's so crazy. And like I said, everything's different. It's mm-hmm. you know, nine times out of time when you go to a jackpot, it's whether it's NBHA, IBRA, whatever, mm-hmm. an open. They have a draw, they post the draw, they run the draw, Mm -hmm. exactly how they have it, simple. They drag between this many horses and they do that and whatever. That is Sometimes they drag, sometimes they don't drag at a rodeo or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like...
0: Yeah, sometimes you have time in the pen, sometimes you don't. You just don't know.
1: When I started transitioning from jackpotting to rodeoing and only rodeoing, basically, I don't even use those arena times. Because I've got him to the point where anywhere I go any place anytime mm-hmm. I can just go make a run yeah don't have to go in the arena like I can warm him up in like eight minutes if I have to you know what I mean like you have yeah. to you He's have to so kind of
0: sitile like you can't and that's what I realized like in Murphy's Row, it was a really big pen like bigger than anything we have in Ontario it was and my horse at like she was like lost going to third barrel like we were like going so far away from it because it's just so big and you don't get a chance in it so I'm like that's like my like you need to get your horses and I know some girls here they won't use exhibitions and they only do one run just to get them and their horses used to like one run and you better like make a count and know where the heck you're going and like where your barrels are at
1: exactly and that's like when I work my horse in the summer and stuff at home I'll set the barrels up different every time they're like colors. different like sometimes they're on the fence sometimes they're off the fence sometimes they're crooked in the arena sometimes you know like you yeah, actually yeah i set them in so many different ways just because he never knows like Where? what it's gonna be that's or actually,
0: yeah i should do that yeah it's yeah, really a really good idea because
1: uh-huh. i feel like yeah, i get
0: yeah. in a rut sometimes like if i'm like recently with my young horse so i have my open horse i go to the left <laughs> And I feel like I go to the left so much better. Maybe because I'm, it's still new to me, so I don't have any habits about it. But um, when I, with my four-year-old, she's going to the right right now, and I feel like my first barrel, I'm like, I can't figure out my line. So I literally went to the left a few times to like get an idea of like, hey, what do I do here that I could like, what am I doing wrong? But it's kind of like I'm getting in a rut kind of. But also, if I think if I change the pattern a bit, it would help just freshen it up for myself.
1: I believe so much that consistency is key. Like as far as training horses goes, like you have to be consistent about it. But at the same time, like when they're at a certain point and they're at a certain level, like you have to change things up Mm -hmm. to get them like to be versatile and be able to like do different things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I go lope around in the pasture. Yeah. Instead I of being old. a rodeo person doing that just because if you're at a rodeo sometimes that is sometimes just- there's nowhere to warm up on dirt yeah and like if you can't lope your horse on grass because they're just too prissy or like whatever yeah I, you're not gonna get to warm up like yeah. I've warmed up on gravel before
0: oh my god
1: like I'm not kidding <laughs> like it's so crazy but see I'm used to it like yeah, I just make do with everything I have. have That's
0: the thing is you just have to, yeah, you make do. You're like, well, this is what I have. I guess like we're going to have to do the best with what we got. Yep. Not like a demand to be like, I need my three exhibitions in order to do
1: a run. But Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Like the difference. And... Mm-hmm.
0: So I did make some notes. Were you guys interested in maybe I can go over, like, would you mind if I said a few of your um, things you wanted to talk about or is that yeah, okay for sure okay <laughs> and if you want I won't say who said what but basically so the one that I did give some feedback or I wanted to talk about is kind of like someone that procrastinates and if well this is I'll <laughs> own up all right to that. let's like That's raise amazing. your hand <laughs> yeah okay Guilty. So, I literally feel this so much. So I know right now in this time, like it's been very unpredictable and we're all like thrown from our daily lives and routines. So it's kind of hard just to even stay like positive in general. Like I feel like I've been positive with... um like, despite what's been going on, I've been trying to be optimistic, but I know it is still really hard. especially if like, I'm still working a bit. I just want to say like hundred percent working from home is super hard and just procrastinating about everything. And mm-hmm. the one thing, so I was talking about it yesterday and just kind of understanding a bit more like, cause I've been dealing with, I've been working from home on and off for like, what do you do Shelby? So I have, I have a few like random jobs. So I've done the whole like buying and selling horses for some people or, and I had a horse in for training a bit. Yeah. (laughs) Like like the, my, the X race horse I was working with, I bought them to sell and I've done that a bunch, like even in high school, just kind of casual. My mom also owns a car dealership and that's where I'm sitting right now because it has decent internet. So she has a car lot that I work part-time and I do their advertising and then the job that actually is really pushing me to do all this online content marketing stuff is I work for a digital marketer. So I uh, met him. I did a f- I did a job. I lived in Toronto for a bit, and I met this guy that was hired in for Auto Trader. I'm sure you guys have heard of auto trader. So mm-hmm. I worked there at their head office and I met this guy and he had his own agency where he does uh, digital marketing for businesses, like mostly small, but does like real estate agents and just helps people with, you know, all their marketing needs. So I met him and I was like, Holy shit, this is really interesting stuff. So I've been working with him for almost, this would be going on the second year that I've been with him. So that's what I do. So it's kind of interesting because he's given me a lot of really good tools and free advice and just helping me and telling me like, kind of putting me on a bit of a path or giving me, you know, ideas of things that I could do with just being more online that maybe would align with my riding life. Like my ideal goal is to have that like work life, like riding balance. Cause riding is definitely my main thing. Like I want to be like somewhat self-sustained so I'm able to ride a lot and actually be gone and not have a like nine to five job so because right now I don't like it's really sporadic so
1: it works out I well. I work for my boyfriend's dad and him um so like they own a towing company mm-hmm. and I am employed through the comp like the shop but I work at home and I ride their horse. It, they have seven horses, so they wow. steer wrestle. So mm-hmm. they have three teams, and then they have, like, an old retired calf horse and stuff. So I ride all them and take care of everything around here. Basically, like, barn manager. Okay. And procrastination is, like, the worst. Like Especially, like, you're mostly alone. Huh?
0: Are you mostly alone? Like, you got to just be like, here's my task. I just got to get it done kind of thing. Like, it's all on you.
1: All yeah, day, every I day, I'm by myself, and it's so hard. And like, so Boo, I don't know if you've seen on my Facebook my new horse, Boo, the four year old. Yeah. Um, he he has like set a fire under me as far as like a trainer again. Like okay. I used to train back in Michigan and stuff, and um, it was hard like leaving that. Like I had a small clientele, and I had more people that wanted me to take horses in and stuff. So it was hard to leave that and whatnot. And I haven't trained one since I left. Mm-hmm. And then I bought him and finally got him going. And I've got, like, a fire under my butt again about it. But I ride the steer wrestling horses. Yeah. And, and they don't eat a lot. Like, you just probably have to exercise them. I just have to keep them, like, legged up. Like, I want to yeah. walk her so bad. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> yeah. They are, like... I don't know if any of you have ever ridden a steer wrestling horse or a roping horse or anything like that
0: I feel like it'd drive me crazy
1: they are like cowboy broke yeah I am like trainer mode like baby Uh mode right now and it's so hard for me to like switch between the two Uh because I keep you know I keep seven horses legged up or six plus I ride the calf horse he's like 32 this year Mm -hmm. I just ride him like on and off just once in a while but I keep six horses in shape and like I'm not a trainer when it comes to them. Like mm-hmm. I've done a little bit of box work and stuff like that, but it's so hard for me like to switch between the two. Yeah, that's actually a really
0: good topic is going from jockey versus trainer cuz yes. I've struggled with that and I think everyone if they have their own horse they're running, they have to be a trainer to some degree. And then when you go to a race, you have to switch that, like switch it and go over to like, okay, we're jockey mode. We're going to go run. And I think it's incredibly difficult to really master. Like, I feel like it's so hard. Yeah.
1: And it's like on a daily basis, like Monday through Friday, I still have to keep my own horses in shape and going and stuff. So I go, you know, nine to five. I'm the steer wrestling horse girl, like, and I ride them and do that. And then after five, or five ish, like, then I have to like, switch my brain. It's not like a this week, that week thing. It's literally like day to day to day. And it's like, it's so hard. And sometimes like, I catch myself with these steer wrestling horses that are, they're old and older and set in their ways and they're in their prime. And, you know, a lot of them are between the ages of 12 and 17. And I catch myself like trying to train on them. Uh huh. And it's like, okay, I like shut it off. Like just lope circles with neck rein and like, yeah. center. You know, so, and like. <laughs> it's so weird to me because you can't do that on a barrel horse. Like it just doesn't that's
0: not how they are yeah so do you have any advice like have you learned anything from having to do that
1: like going back and forth so I mean yes and no like I've learned to kind of like I'll catch myself training on one of them and be like okay shut it off like they don't need that like and it's the my boyfriend and his dad they don't I'm not I don't have these horses in for training and expect to like, I have to give this horse back in 30 days Mm. and it has to be like my name's on it. You know what I mean? It's not like that. Yeah. Like they have the horses that they have, they're trained the way they are. Like they don't care if, if you walk up and down the driveway, if they're like moseying up and down the driveway. Like when I ride my barrel horse down the driveway, we're going a straight line. (laughs) And at the end of it, you're going to turn like you're turning barrel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or then like, just like get it
0: fit. Like it like in that sense it'd be kinda hard because they don't even care probably who rides it as long as it just gets no.
1: fit. It's like you're no, just the
0: person riding it to make sure it stays legged up. In
1: shape. Yeah. 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 Yep. And that's sometimes I go to lunging them just yeah. because I don't feel like Oh yeah. I would it so much
0: like even with a couple horses sometimes I'm just like like this one horse I've been trying to bring back and it's a bit of a long story but I just literally have to ride her around I don't do anything so I'm just like she's been off for eight months so I'm like I just literally have to long trot and lope a bit and it's really boring because like it's just mindless basically
1: and you're and just, I do that six like around like six five six horses a day
0: yeah so you actually like like do you just get it done as fastly like as quick as you can kind of
1: I wish I would but no like (laughs) I'm I procrastinate well I guess if you have all day to do it you take all day to do it yeah which I need to not be like that yeah it's a it's tough I
0: feel that like with my job I have so much freedom and it's dangerous like, I can't, it's like, so I should bad. not have this much freedom. Like, I'm home right. by and I know
1: <laughs> I don't know how people, like, do the self-employment thing and, like, make anything of themselves. Like, you right. have to be so self-disciplined. Because I notice, like, when John and Kyle, that's them, when they're home during the day, like, I'm like, go, go, go. But when they're not home, I'll sit in this chair. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. for 20 minutes agree. and not even realize it. And I'm like, uh, shit, like... It's God. like a distraction,
0: like, cause if you think about it, what are you doing in that chair? You're probably just on your phone and like, like Facebook. Yeah. yeah like you just mindless kind of scrolling until you realize, oh, I just wasted half an hour. Right. With nothing to show for it. I, yeah. for sure. I feel that. But I mean, for me, I've tried, like, I'd feel really guilty sometimes. And I feel like that makes me less motivated where I'm like, oh, I just wasted a whole day of doing nothing. I didn't do what I set out to do. And then it makes me feel like basically a piece of shit. And then I feel like I don't want to do anything. Any Like I feel less motivated because I'm like beating myself down for not doing anything.
2: Yeah. And it's uh-huh. like- I was just reading um, something about motivation and shame-based motivation mm-hmm. is not effective. So if you make yourself feel bad, you're like, oh, I didn't do that. I'm lazy. I should do it. You end up being less motivated. Awesome. So yeah, it doesn't work and uh-huh. I feel
0: that way. exactly so my one friend actually like I'm very bad and that's what they always say like for being procrastinators or just how to schedule your time really effectively and like be a go-getter and I'm like hey that's nice like I can't do that but they always say about planning and oh you mm-hmm. know you like have your year plan have your day-to-day write a plan or do your week set out and like every night look at your next day to like really you know be effective and have a goal set out for your next day and actually know what you're
2: doing it's like it it, it is true like planning does make a difference if you don't have a and plan writing it down yeah in your but, head i've been saying in my head tomorrow i'm gonna clean my truck for like three months <laughs> right so. yeah
1: no. i do that so much where i'm just like i'll do it tomorrow i'll do it tomorrow i'll do it tomorrow and then it's like mm-hmm. i have tomorrow. so like, much to do
0: <laughs> yeah exactly. if i like let go or I kind of slack a bit. I pretty much like someone was saying, you know, like instead of having that whole year plan and, you know, people with their new year's resolutions, it's like, Oh, I'll catch it next year. Like I'll wait next time and I'll restart the whole year. And then I was thinking about it and someone was saying like, basically like when I was starting, I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to do these meetups. And someone's like, you should like the second quarter in like the year, right? It's Q2 just started. So he's like, now's your chance. Like the second quarter just started, like write down your goals that you want to accomplish in the next three months. And then I was thinking, I'm like, well, if you actually scale that down even more, instead of being like, instead of like the whole year just started or like the new quarter, it could be like the new week just started. What am I going to do? Or like the new day literally just started. What am I going to do? like instead of being like oh like I let myself go I'm just gonna wait till next time or like till like the new cycle but I'm like realistically I'm like every day is like a new cycle to be like yeah, you know what true. like I'm gonna like get that shit done that I kind of didn't do or it's, I slacked on
1: it definitely is I can chime in on this like so in July my friend Emily um have you I don't know if you guys have heard of Plexus at all it's like a social um media platform based business basically and it's like um like health and wellness basically I jumped on board as an ambassador and stuff and like at the beginning of every month I get so excited and I'm like I'm gonna do this like I'm gonna you you make commissions off of it and stuff yeah and you know I'm like I'm gonna do this like I'm running with it and I mean you can make a lot of money with network marketing businesses yeah but like I can feel myself like I'll dwindle down and dwindle down and dwindle down. And by the end of the month, I'm not doing anything. And then it's like a cycle every single time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like start high and just kind of the momentum, I guess, having discipline or is it being actually like ambitious or
1: like passionate to keep going? Like, I'm never, I never feel like that when it comes to horses and barrel racing, no. though. Time like by, like, in a second. And I'm like, oh, I just
0: got all my shit done. I, like, cleaned all my wraps and, like, do everything. It's when Yeah, it's but
1: painful. that's, like, the one thing that holds my attention mm-hmm. and, like, holds me there. But everything yeah. else is, like, you can get excited about it, but then the next day you're like, what was I doing?
0: Yeah, 100%. It's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel that. Even with this, like, sometimes I'm like, yeah like we're going we're making all this stuff and like videos like I feel good and then after I go like on a two-week break and I do nothing and just staying and that's where I think maybe like the planning comes in like if you had a plan for this week I'm gonna do this like have like a big goal for the whole week and then maybe like figure out a little bit a day to get that done is, um, so like for my work, my only advice with like that whole thing of just trying to like, at least have a routine a bit. I'm not a very routine person. It seems like it never works. And maybe that's like with your job that you're doing with sales is like, you don't actually develop a routine to stick with maybe. yeah And I find that's a hard thing for me is. I just don't do routines. Like they don't stick. I don't stick with it, but I find even like the most basic stuff. Like if I wake up and I'm like, okay, I have like a bunch of shit I have to do, but I'm literally by myself at home. I like, and it's like bad to admit, but I literally like will leave all my pajamas till like noon. And then I realize I'm like, oh, it's literally one o'clock. I haven't brushed my teeth or like done anything. And it's like, no wonder why I'm not productive. But that's one thing that I've kind of like, Over the time that I've been trying to like get accustomed to that whole like working from home kind of being my only accountability. But like for me, it's like making sure I have my morning routine and like getting my shit done as if I have a norm like a job I have to go to. And I've Mm -hmm. even heard a story as I was talking to someone and she's a bit older that has worked remotely for a while. And she will literally get dressed as if she's going to go to an office and carry her purse and everything up to her home office or up to where she's working. Really? Uh, that's hilarious. But it's such a mindset. Like it's a mental thing. You have to like trick your brain to be like, this is like work time. And if you do procrastinate and you just kind of find yourself like on your phone and not doing stuff, just I, the most productive I am is when I make a goal of like, okay, hey, the next 30 minutes, I'm not going to, I'm going to put my phone somewhere else. And I actually had it once where my mom came home and I had like, I didn't have my phone or anything. And she was worried. I got like kicked by a horse or something because I didn't respond to her. And she's like, I didn't even know, like you didn't respond to me. And I thought maybe like you're out in the bar and you got like kicked and you're laying in mud because I didn't look at my phone for like 45 minutes. But in that 45 minutes, I got so much stuff done. Phones yeah, are so, so bad. bad. Like They are And you like, it's kind of funny. It's like, I know I'm doing it. Like, I'm like, I'm just wasting time right now. Like, at least I'm mindful about it, but like, it doesn't stop me from doing
1: it. Or I'll sit there and be like, okay, in 10 minutes, like I'm going to give myself five more minutes or like, and then at the end of five minutes, I'll be like, okay, five more minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Five more minutes. And it's like, then an hour has gone by and it's like, what? The hell did I just do? <laughs>
0: yeah, like literally just killed an hour. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Actually, there is another one that kind
0: of has to do with the whole like mindset stuff. I think, um, Ayla, you mentioned it with like, my, you said motivation, mind control, drills, and patterning. So, as far as the mindset thing, I actually have this really interesting thing I read recently where it was like five tips I'd like to help boost your performance. I got it. Okay. So if you want to look at that, I found it made like a big difference, just even doing one or two of those things. Um, So that was for you, Ayla. I hope that helps. But yeah, like what they mentioned, it's like exercises. And I even read like two minutes of meditation, like just makes a big difference on you being more aware of what your mind's thinking. And it helps with your, like the whole day-to-day life, but your riding life. Like I think both of those are so transferable where What you do in your day-to-day if you want to do better and perform better in the arena the things you do on the daily like they transfer over right so i found those tips just what he said it's things you do not even riding but they've made a really big difference for me i really want to learn some new barrel drills like i or just like new drills i can work i'm getting really bored in the arena i need some new like ideas okay
1: okay Drills are are my favorite
0: yeah. <laughs> See, I'm, like, not a drills person. Like, I do my riding. Okay. Like, I don't know if you'd classify it as a drill. Like, I don't know if you saw the video I posted. It was, like, a shoulder thing. Like, I don't know if that's even classified as a drill. It's just part of my routine. I actually tried that. thing the- I do is a drill. And? How was it? Um, my horse, good, but my horse gets super excited. Like Pushy. she started to like move her feet like pretty quick. Okay. It's like super excited. So I good. thought it like, good. that's what you want. Like you want them to be eager about making that move and you want to really get them like excited about quickly crossing over. And once you get that feel of like them actually being a bit more aggressive on their own, that's when I like to kind of maybe give it a break a bit or just like trot out of it for a while and then maybe do a few more but yeah that's the goal is like get them like nice and snappy like right between your hands when you close that elbow they know to like move the other direction yeah I actually like that drill because I don't know I've been focusing a lot on bending lately so that was like pretty
1: good to like not
0: Uh uh-huh yeah and Yeah, no, for sure. And even like squares. I remember I went to a clinic and they did a lot of squares. And also the other one, which is a bit of bend and straight, it was basically making big, like capital D's. You can do that around a barrel or just by itself, but doing like shape half a circle and then go and do a straight line, go straight for a bit, and then another half a circle just to get that body control.
2: Yeah, I like doing squares. I do you find myself getting too much flexion sometimes, mm-hmm. but then sometimes I'm too straight. So maybe doing like half and half would probably be good too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just to mix it up. Right. Instead of, and it, of course, like once you do it a lot, the horse starts to anticipate the next move and that's where like with mixing up the barrels and stuff like that. Or if you do like, when you just mix it up a little be like, Oh, we're going to do half a circle nice and like shaped. Oh, let's go nice and straight going to like, I'll go like a straight line on a diagonal all the way up my pen just to like keep them right between my hands and it helps me going straight because I feel like if I'm leaning a lot doing a circle where you can't lean when you're going in a straight line right like you have to sit centered and I have a problem with leaning a bit I think so it helps me just stay right in the middle of the horse so
1: drills are my favorite thing in the whole world (laughs) like I my horse gets drilled like it sounds bad but I literally drill my horse every time I ride him but it's like I'm Not like pounding, yeah, and pounding that's different. And hammering on him. Yeah, it's like I mean, I do like this drill and that drill and this drill and that, drill.
0: yeah, just mix it up a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be good. We could definitely touch on a lot more drills. Um, have you guys watched all of those uh training barrel horse videos like that website? Yeah, yeah they're pretty good. There's lots of good ones. That's actually where. Yeah. I I can well. send the link for like if mine wasn't that informative to understand the gist of it but like I said that drill the shoulder one came from um Joeline Montgomery I think or Molly but I got it from there and the second I did it I'm like this just feels so good like so I've never like I just keep doing it so yeah yeah there's lots even the one so we have it's kind of funny like I've actually never done this before but it's from Danielle Campbell where she uh oh I guess we lost Ayla (laughs) um she had uh five bear or five tires set up in like a huge circle I don't know if you guys have seen her do that where she'll do a circle continue on to the next tire do a circle around it continue on and it really keeps them to stay in that right shape either if you're going straight or turning um I have not been ambitious enough to actually set it up so I just don't yeah. do it. like <laughs> like I'm not gonna set up five bear or five tires in the middle of my arena mm-hmm. so they're just sitting but
2: mm-hmm. I mean that's a good I option. did that a lot last year um I did that a lot outside because there's more space mm-hmm. um in the arena like at Linda's the footing if you do too tight of a circle even just like at a slow lope is it it's soft? not very deep it's uh-huh. like um dressage footing basically uh- so um, like my horse has fallen down doing rollbacks at a trot oh against the um so I don't do that inside but outside and it ends up being like my favorite drill because my horse gets really um like at the lope she gets faster and faster and faster and like rolls on her forehand a lot and like okay. for fencing like, sit, um just like at a lope anytime she's like oh. She just yeah. like, starts to. she doesn't like sit back and like collect. Mm-hmm. So doing, we were working on that a lot with like transitions. Yeah. Good. Stopping, going, and then doing circles all the time. It makes her like, she'll get fast in between and then she has to sit up to do a circle. She like right. really rocks back. Good, so she would yeah. like to do that, but yeah. just when we're outside. but Yeah. And I
0: love that just for the fact of you're teaching her your cues for your body. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the ultimate goal is you're going to go into a turn, you're going to adjust your body for the turn and they're going to know what that adjustment means. And that's pretty yeah. much the goal. So if you teach them, like, like what you're doing is perfect. Cause you're teaching like, when I do this move with my body, it means you have to like set back, collect yourself and like come around.
2: Yeah. yeah. I find cool. when I do that, I do get a lot of anticipation um, and so she starts to turn early. Wow. What I do is I'll turn, do a circle around one barrel or tire, whatever it is, and then skip one or two or three until she doesn't cheat and then do a turn, turn a few and then skip a few or do mm. one. And then the other. it's like not in a specific pattern, but I'll skip them because she does start to anticipate really a lot. So yeah, yeah that's good. That yeah. Keep them guessing, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, cut across the center instead of going around the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, True. Yeah. The middle. And then you get, like, a more than a 360 kind of if you cut across the middle. So they really have to, like, sit up and for a while, then a whole circle. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. It's good for them building their muscles, too. Mm-hmm. I think I saw on um, Barrel Horse News, they made a post today. It was Joy Wargo. I don't know if you follow them on Facebook, but it was. It's an old article that she's had out for a long time, but they just brought it back to the surface. But pretty much just that exact thing of teaching like a tight circle as if you're going around a barrel and you act like it is a barrel turn and you sit like it is a barrel turn. But she just says how she does at least four of those circles to really develop even those muscles. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I feel like I'm lacking with my futurity horse right now. Like She's very big and she acts like a pleasure horse. But she gets a, all of a sudden she'll switch where she just like wants to like run so hard, but she has no clue where she's going. So it's been kind of hard because I literally get exhausted riding her because I'm like riding her and like trying to push her along. And I feel like if I sit my body, she's going to stop. Like she's just one of those horses where I think the whole, like what you're doing, like the muscle development, like the tighter ones and just getting them to free up a little bit
2: is good. Like also something that I learned, um, when I was riding dressage from my dressage coach, like a lot of horses, when they go to a downward transition, they just kind of like stop. Yeah. They, they just kind of like fall apart. So what you do is you ask for a downward, say from like a trot to a walk. You ask for the downward transition, and as soon as you feel them start to walk, you ask them to trot right away again. Oh. And like a fast trot, and then you ask for a downward transition. And right before they get to a walk, you ask them to trot back up again. So they're like kind of straddling between walk and a trot. And then when they stop kind of dying. Then you ask for a downward transition and like bring them right to a stop. And you should get like a quicker stop with keeping them still collected. Right. um instead of just like dying yeah exactly that's what she does she
0: dies she's like neck goes down like she's a pleasure horse and she's like huh. but that's actually a good one actually i'm gonna try that one i know i will too so you just like hold them there go down but then before they actually stop you kind of kick them like push them along yeah there's so many like fencing i don't I think i forward can. again yeah i've uh gone to uh do you know troy crumrine heard of him. Yeah. So I've gone to two of his clinics when I was a bit younger and kind of like when I actually first started barrel racing, he was the original guy that I like got help from just from the clinics, but he's huge on fencing. And the same thing, what you're saying about the whole anticipation, what he'll do is do circles close to the fence, like really push the horse up along the fence and do big circles. And then he'll stop them on an angle like if the fence is here, he'll stop them kind of like that and then do a rollback and turn the other way and then go yeah. and do circles. And sometimes he'll only do one circle, stop, go the other way and just really get them to like, cause you're giving them a, it's, I kind of like it more than a straight line in the fence. Cause I feel like I hug the fence too much and then my horse doesn't have room to come around. So it's not very pretty and I'm not really accomplishing what I want to do. Like they kind of get front endy cause they don't have room to really Come around. So, like, when I do the circles, and it's kind of the same thing. You just keep them guessing. You'll do like a circle, stop, turn around, go the other way, and maybe do a few circles. And they totally like you feel them anticipate so much when they get close to that fence. They think they're gonna have to stop and go the other direction. You'll just like kind of keep along, keep doing it. I like doing that mm-hmm. a lot, just to get them like really get them like pretty snappy because they know they have to like yeah. look back and turn on the fence and go the other direction. I found it good Yeah,
2: stuff. I used to do that. I forgot about that. I learned that at a clinic with Jason Irwin. We did okay. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stuff like that's really good.
0: Yeah. So I also saw your post about backing. I really want to, I'm yeah. trying to figure that out how to back. Like, I want my horse to back kind of quick. You know, I always feel uh, like, I'm, like, always agging her, and it's so, uh-huh. mo- it's like dull. It's like, come yeah. on. And it's just like slow mo. That was, okay. So, like, I have a few different viewpoints of that. So, if you so I worked for a few trainers in the States a couple summers ago. And um if you know Hallie Hansen, but she rides a lot with one hand. And I feel like I've adapted her style a little bit. Like I've been trying to ride one-handed a lot and use my body to like hold my hand. And I don't know if you know Kelly Bowser, but he's like a one-handed dude. Like if you ever go to his clinic, he's literally hand. Every direction, his hand's in the middle, but slightly off center. So he's like, it's kind of like a triangle. So when you hold your hand up, your contacts the same on each side of the rein, kind of. And he's able to maneuver them like that. So anyway, so Hallie Hansen, I asked her because I had the same problems. Like I had my horse with me, and I'm like, she just backs up so weak. I'm like, it's like a bad backup. Like it's just a terrible excuse for backup. So when um what she said, which I didn't realize, like sometimes you have to be a bit firmer and harder to get a softer result in the end. So I was being too light. Like I was like, Oh, it's okay. Like, this is fine. I'm like holding it, but it's like, just, she's just like dragging her feet backwards where what you said and I tried it and I was like, Oh shit. Like, I just have to be more like firm from, this is her view of it. But she said, you just have to be more firmer about it. So She's like, you know, like pick up your hand and she just did, would use one hand. So center in the rain and you're like, you know, relax your body like to be like, hey, whoa, like kind of like, whoa, your butt. Like if that makes sense, like I like, like that's what rainers do, I guess, you know, when they go to stop, they just like, whoa. So their butt kind of squeezes. So if you like sit in that position mm-hmm. and then you say, whoa, and what she does is she just quite literally holds her hand with like a steady contact and she's like, hey, whoa, if they don't get a response or the horse is backing up really sad, she just literally will like pull harder and hold it, hold a harder like contact until she gets like a few quick steps and then it's like, Hey, release. And that was it. So I did that. And I just was like, okay, whoa, my horse is like dragging her feet and I just pulled a bit harder and held it and I was like, whoa, and she just, like, obviously she's trying to get away from that harder pressure. So it's, like, I made the harder pressure, and then eventually it was just very light after. So okay. maybe, like, maybe just sometimes you have to be a bit more, like, get, be a bit harder to get a softer result. So, okay.
2: yeah. That's it's- with like any aid you start light and then build the pressure until they respond and then let go uh-huh. like exactly. is light pressure yeah and
0: I think I was kind of giving my horse a bit too much of a break where I was like just very light and I was accepting it for what it was instead of being like I want more from you I want like a good quick couple feet like a good few steps of a backup so I just was kind of like Oh, it's fine. Like I don't know. It's okay. I'll just deal with this bad backup. But then I was like, you know what? Like, if you want more, just give it a little bit more pressure and see if she actually gives you a few better steps. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll try that. Yeah, and I guess also like just don't overdo it. Like if you get like, and when I was starting the one horse, the guy always said he like if you get one quick step, like cut it, like be done. And then, you know, try again, like later, but don't overdo it where you're just like holding it and the horse is trying for you. But then it's confused now because it's giving you the answer. Like you basically hold the pressure till you get your answer. Yeah. So if your answer is like a quick step, then just be like, hey, that was what I wanted. And then eventually, you know, you build off that, but okay, yeah. I'll try that. Mm, yeah see if that works hopefully (laughs) give me feedback if it does or you have questions like Uh that's just one way of doing it the video that I posted is a bit of a different approach it's more of like having you your reins are a barrier in front of your horse so you hold the barrier and it's the horse's job to get behind it Mm -hmm. and that's that video and I find that more or less works with me where I like hold like when you woe so you like, whoa, your body and then your hands go up and then you create the barrier in front of your horse. Like that's what, I forget where I got it, but I thought it, it was like such a good kind of quote is your hands, like your bits a wall, like that's the wall your horse should be behind.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I thought that was so good, like just to think about it that way. So when I'm backing up, it'd be like, hey, whoa, my hands create the barrier. And then I hold that barrier there until the horse learns to like, it needs to get behind it. And when it gets behind the barrier, that's when the relief comes in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's slightly different than the whole, like, just pulling a bit harder until you get that. But yeah, I don't know which one's right. I don't really think with <laughs> horses, there's really like one specific way to do stuff. So <laughs> yeah, that's why we're here.
2: <laughs> well, I'm going to say you're my accountability next week. Asking pictures <laughs> of a clean truck.
0: Okay, true. I will I'm going to make note.
2: Yeah, and, and
0: there's no excuses. You have all the time in the world. <laughs> well, mostly. That's the one thing. So what I read is just right now because a lot of people aren't really working and you know, it's like oh, like not having time is always the excuse. Oh, I don't have time, but it's like no, you don't have your priorities in check. Yeah, if you had your priorities properly in line, then you would have time to do whatever it was. So right now, like I read a quote where it just said basically, it's like all those people saying they don't have time. It's like you didn't lack time; you lacked basically whatever like dedication or the determination to like get what you wanted to get done. So yeah, no excuses. Clean that truck. <laughs> Also, what saddle do you ride in? This is a terrible question because like I literally have sold most of my saddles and I haven't found one that I actually like and it's a real problem. Like I've bought in a bunch and I've sold a lot and uh, right now I was riding in an Usher so when I was in the States, um, the one chick had mostly Usher saddles, so I used those a lot and I thought I liked it. So I bought one. And I mean it was a good deal, so that wasn't bad, but I bought it and it was the wide tree, and their wides are like really, really wide. So it doesn't really fit my horses that good. And it fits my one horse good, that's actually injured. So it's pretty much a useless saddle right now. Um, right now. I had a double J. I sold it recently. It wasn't bad. It was the Lynn McKenzie. I'd like to get a posy. I think if I were to get another double J, they're nice. My mom has one and I, I like it. Like It's good enough. Just, yeah. I can't find what I actually like. Um, but yeah, literally right now I'm using my mom's old saddle. I think it's called a pro qualifier and it's like it's not anything that special but yeah because I was looking I want something with a deeper seat I find like I'm popping out a lot and like Mm -hmm. it's like probably on me but I want something to like help me yeah Um, I just tried I don't know if you know like the seven saddle yeah did you like it I liked it but it sat me really forward okay um and also like I didn't like the fit on my horse my horse had actually surgery on her back um right before my like futurity year or whatever but Besides the point,
1: it's too, like, curved, Um, I guess. And her back is pretty, like, flat. Okay.
0: So, I don't know. It's just, like, I didn't like how the pressure, like, Yeah, Yeah, that's – I actually – I tried one of their saddles. I found – I don't know what tree it was. I think it was their wider one, and I didn't mind it, like, because I have a problem of leaning forward. And that's why I got the usher, because it literally, like, the seat is like this. Like, you're pretty much, like, locked in the center – but yeah. I still found, like, when I looked at some pictures, I'm still, like, getting thrown forward. Um, but I did try the, uh, the seven once, and I didn't mind it. But then I sat it on my one horse that I mostly run, and it fit horrible. Like, it yeah. was, it literally touched her back in two spots. Like, her withers and her, like, back area. And, like, the whole thing was hollow. Like, I couldn't believe, like, I've never seen a saddle fit that bad. But, I mean, of course, they have different trees. But... Yeah. Yeah, it's just, there's just so many options out there for saddles. Like No, and everyone has a different opinion, which is so hard well, for me. Exactly, exactly. And you don't know unless you try it. So it's like buying one online is almost impossible. Like I've done so many mistakes buying a saddle online and then I'm like so excited to get it. And then I get it and I'm just like madly let down. But <laughs> the one saddle, actually, I really did like that. I'm kind of like, I don't feel like buying a saddle right now. Like I just... <laughs> Don't feel like spending money, but um, the one I tried that I thought I'd like, I'm like, this is a saddle I think I would really enjoy is the Martin Stingray. Yeah, I was literally just about to say, um, Kyla really likes, so I think Kyla's looking into getting a Martin, and like Glenn rides a Martin, everybody rides a Martin, and I
1: feel so left out.
0: <laughs> you need a
2: Martin. <laughs> yeah, no, I bought a Martin last yeah. year. You did? What do you have? Yeah. The BTR. Okay. Do you like it? I really like it. I tried Hannah's. Yeah, um, I actually I tried was Hannah's. Having was having a hard time. Yeah. I had a hard time fitting my horse. I have my first barrel saddle is a Textan Flex Tree. Mm-hmm. And a Flex Tree is nice, but if it doesn't fit the horse, you'll never make it fit, kind of. That's what the yeah. saddle fitter told me. Yeah. So if it, if it fits, it's great. If it doesn't fit, it's bad. So so it, it's yeah. Yeah try to triple creak on her. As soon as I set it on her, she pinned her ears and it like was like tipping forward. Yeah. Um, I tried a couple of other ones. I tried Hannah's BTR and she like, wasn't cinchy. I rode in it. And at first I felt like my legs were too far forward, but now I, I like that they're a little bit forward hung stirrups, but there's a lot of movement that I can actually like move my leg around and like s- the stirrups kind of just like swing. Yeah. Like in a good way. In a good way, yeah. So they're a little bit forward hung so you can really sit back and Mm -hmm. and push onto your seat pockets. Or if you need the mobility, you can like swing your leg around if Uh you need to.
0: Yeah, I've seen a few of them that are pretty cheaper, like a bit cheaper, like around like $1,700. I saw one, like a BTR. I mean, my heart was set on a Stingray, but at the same time, like at this point in my life, I'm like, I just will take anything. Like I'm literally half using like a really not like it matters that it's cheap, but like a not ideal saddle. And then I'm using like an old Billy Cook that we have just because I'm like, I really don't have my go-to saddle Mm -hmm. struggle. (laughs) I didn't think it'd be such a problem, but it really is. So yeah,
2: Yeah. I think I did use part of three three BTRs at Linda's. Yeah. There's three, three BTRs at Linda's. So Hannah's mine. And then um, uh, Linda won that Tia Broughton was doing a draw oh, right. um, for her PTR and Linda won it so Wesley rides in that one and Linda share it.
0: Oh nice that's
2: perfect <laughs> yeah. yeah everybody likes them and um, they fit all like yeah. five of the horses that they're on. Yeah that's the one thing I'd be concerned
0: about is making sure like that's like you don't know if it's going to fit your horse unless you really just set it on them mm-hmm. and That's kind of been my struggle. Like my one mare that, um, she's very weird. Like, I don't know if you know, Robbie Phillips saddles. So it's kind of similar to, I'd say like a, um, like a posy, like that type of fit or, or like seat, I guess. But, uh, I, when I was in the States, so I had my horse with me and I was at all these races and they obviously like have a lot of saddle stands. So I literally took full advantage. Like I think every place I went, I ran in a different saddle because even at that point, I think I had a Circle Y that I bought. It was the Lisa Lockhart one. So I ordered it like my only brand new saddle I've ever bought, which I would never buy new again because if it doesn't (laughs) work out, you're literally like throwing so much money out because you buy it for the new price. And then when you go to sell it, it literally like my, especially cause it was a circle, why they're not like the toppest quality. So I went, I was like asking people if I could trade it in for something and they were going to give me like nothing for it. Like, I was going to lose so much money. But, um, yeah, so that's one piece of advice. Like, I would recommend definitely buying used just in case it's not perfect or you need to sell it. You might not lose as much. Um, but, yeah, so I tried the Robbie Phillips. I tried Burn Sadlery. They're one of theirs. But the Rob- so my mare is very narrow and petite, but she has a really big shoulder. So she's kind of – like, she's has dash to fame in her, and they're – I don't know if you've seen, like, the top line of them, but they're very – like sway like they have a bit of a high wither and kind of narrow there but they're very wide at the same time so it's really hard like she's not flat-backed at all so it's just finding one that just contours a bit more so Robbie Phillips had a saddle where it's the seven inch gullet so it's like the seven regular bars I guess but it's called the seven wide so what it does is it fits the horse like a normal like you know, like quarter horse bars, but it goes wide in the gullet area. So it has room for the shoulders, which I thought was really like a good idea. Cause a lot of that's where a lot of times saddles get sore on a horse is in the shoulders because it pinches them. Mm-hmm. And he had like the whole back and the bars were a certain, like the proper size, but then it just flared. So yeah. I'm like debating. I'm like, okay, I tried it once. Do I just go and buy one of these Robbie Phillips now? Like, <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but it's hard. It's hard fitting saddles. a lot of money. Yeah, especially if you have a few horses that, like, there's no way that saddle would fit my other horse that I'm running, like my Futurity horse. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll <laughs> <laughs> see. We'll see Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to wait. Maybe, like, a really good deal comes up or something, and then I just can't refuse, and I yeah. might that one, so... <laughs> When everyone decides to sell everything because they're not running right now. Exactly. I'm waiting for that moment and I'm just going to jump on it. <laughs> yep. I'm waiting for a three-year-old prospect to come up for sale for cheap. So Yeah, right. Let's been a good discussion, guys. Yeah. Thank you for joining. I was so excited every time. Like every morning, I'd look at the uh, form and I would see the responses. And every day it was like, oh, there's someone else that wants to join. This is exciting. (laughs) I'm like, people actually want to do this. Cool. So, yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. It was fun. I hope you guys have a good night and we'll talk to you later. And uh, yeah, bye. Awesome. Okay, sweet. All right, we'll talk to you soon, everybody.